Dude, you look good. That's all I'll say. Hey, thank you, man. I, I got. I, I'm feeling awfully vintage right now. I think that's the uh, the approach I'm taking life on. I'm, I'm I'm going after it as a vintage individual. Do you think that as 24 year olds, like we're much more in tune with our style and how we look than we ever were before? I'm paying attention way more. I don't know if it's because I'm 24. Maybe it's because. I'm working Facebook ads all the time and I just see a lot of different, you know, things on there, but like, (laughs) I am obsessed right now since the beastie boys documentary of trying to like have that eighties feel, dude. It's, it's just got way more pop. You hit mute brother. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the beastie boys, the beastie boys has a, has definitely a part of it, but like, Like, I just, I just care about how I look way more and it has nothing to do with like my perception. I just, I'm just like, because I like, I'm worried about myself a lot. I'm just like, okay, I need to like, I want, I want to look a certain way now. Like I care about how I look. So I buy certain things that like, it's not like it's fashionable. It's not like it's uh it's not like, whoa, dude, what are you wearing? Uh, type thing. But it's like, it's, I'm buying more things for myself now, I think is what it comes down to. Right. It's not like someone's going up to me like, oh, sick Gucci thing. Or like, you're not buying something to impress someone because of its status. You're right. buying something because you like, dude, I'm going to look like a fucking, I'm going to look good wearing this. I'm going to look like a clown. I'm going to look like a knucklehead. And I feel like a knucklehead. So this is exactly what I need to wear. Yeah. So you just bought that from the Thriftlay uh, pop-up store in Minneapolis? Yeah. So there was a, I don't know the exact name of it, but it was like an 80s, 90s flea market in Northeast. And there was 12 different like thrift um, and like guys who had their own thrifting companies and they all had tents outside in the parking lot. And uh, it was free. You just walk in and uh, it was all like gated off and we just did a quick lap around everything. I had one goal, find a jean jacket. And uh, you know, I, on the third spot, the third tent we went up to Jonah, he, he, he comes with, you know, storming over to me with something on a hand. He goes, I think this is the one. And I looked at it. I tried it on. I'm like, you're right. This is the one. Isn't it super fun to like go to those little pop-up shops to find articles of clothing? Like you feel genuinely connected to the thing that you try on for the first time if you like it. Agreed. And and there were so many like sports things and there was uh, all like cartoon animated uh, like TV shows with like graphic tees. Too cold for t-shirts right now. Jean jacket. Um, And then I found this sweater that uh, a Stevens Point hockey sweater and it had to be from like the 90s because it had like a really old logo on it and I was like I'm getting this for my younger brother who goes to Stevens Point for Christmas this is a no-brainer while I get home I try it on I'm like this is mine dude this is so sick I'm keeping this (laughs) did you tell Madge about it yeah I FaceTimed him I'm like I'm not keeping this a secret this thing's too sick that's really funny yeah, so for the listeners, Madge is Andrew's brother who goes to Stevens Point, who's way bigger than Andrew. So did you buy like an XL or no? Yeah, it's a big, it's definitely oversized on me. And then you put it on and you were like, this is still too sick to not give it to him. It's too sick. Yeah, I can throw on like a sweatshirt underneath and be for like, you know, winter days or something. <laughs> 
But yeah, the, the flea market was sick. I mean, I got to see Zach Fisk, who runs uh, Thrift Filet, and I don't think I'd seen him since, uh, what was that, like April, May of 2019 when Sam was helping with us. Um, and he was the one who booked Zach, Sam, intern Sam. And uh, so running into him, you know, it was just, it was sweet. And you could tell he was doing really well. He's got one full year left of school. So this fall semester, spring semester, and then he's done. At at Bethel and his, he's like, I just got a place, um, in Minneapolis and he's, his plans are, he's from, I don't know if you remember, he's from Seattle. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's, his plan is to stay here in the twin cities and continue to do what he's doing. Dude. Good for him. I'm glad he's doing well. Um, yeah, I've been like hitting him up every once in a while, just like for different articles of clothing, like anytime, basically anytime I can't find like what I'm really looking for in Poshmark, I like, I look at his stories all the time. And if you like go follow thrift filet, if you're, if you're someone out there who likes to be a part of the vintage clothing game, or just like anyone who likes to shop at thrift stores, thrift filet is a great opportunity to do that. He posts sales on his Instagram story all the time and has just really, really cool stuff. Kids absolutely dedicated to his craft. Um, but I always hit him up just like, Hey, DM me anytime you have like an overboard of lot tees, which are like band lot tees um grateful dead stuff like i'm just looking for more like tees because um i mean i'm sure we'll get into this a little later but like i'm in the process of like completely moving out of your guys's place like our old place like, i'm distraught about it a little bit but like i have way too many things and i have to get rid of all of them yeah you got miscellaneous you don't have a ton of big things which is nice like you don't own any of the furniture that's in the house. You don't have any like kitchen utensils that you're going to take from us that we're like, no. no way. Like the, the majority of the stuff was in, was in your room was in your room because Jonah has officially taken over that room and made it look thousand times better. Sorry, Ducky, but he I really, know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it, it's a, it looks dope. Like it's a legitimate room now. And I realized after he moved in, after four days of him living there, like, I realized, like, oh, like, I haven't done shit. I hadn't done shit with it for two years, three years. I mean, it was, it's such a big room, too. It's huge. Uh, yeah. And he's got a much smaller bed. You had the California King in there, which took up half the room. I think Jonah's working with, like, a full or maybe, like, ju whatever's just under a queen. And, uh, it just, the room is massive. I mean, you could do, you got all the activities in there. Yeah. But yeah, Let's, I realized like the one thing, well, what John texted me, he's like, Hey dude, update. Uh, you have a shit ton of stuff. He's like, you have a lot of things. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like trying to like, cause I'm not like a hoarder at all really, but I definitely do own a lot of things. And I was thinking back to like why that is like why Jonah is now finding all these things. And what I realized was like, so I moved out to Minnesota to go to school at St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota in 2014. I basically took 90% of my clothes. And then I had this cat, this guy who is absolutely loaded like money wise and is my size. And every year he buys so much clothes that he has to purge clothes onto other people, his size. And I just happened to be one of the people. So he gave me like, two to $3,000 worth of clothes. And I took every single one of those pieces of clothing and took that with me to college. Um, and as you know, those are like the clothes, like those crazy, um, 
uh, vibrant polo. Yeah. Yeah. Button ups, the polo shirts, the, um, pullovers from vineyard vines, like all of that stuff is from this guy. And I wore it a couple times here and there, but like, I would say that's about like 30, 40% of my wardrobe. But like, if you think about it, like my mom has bought my clothes for me still to this day, she buys clothes for me, you know, at least for Christmas every year, but through college, it was far more predominant when I was home, you know, intermittently throughout the semesters. And so like six years go by through college and then two years after college where I'm just accumulating clothes and I'm not getting rid of any of them. And then now this is the first time where I'm like actually moving somewhere else. And I'm like, I already, like, I already have too many clothes with me here in Arizona now. Like I don't need anything back home. Like there, I have so many things. Right. And you said, get rid of it all. Like you told Jonah, just, you know, get rid of it all, donate it, sell it, start a Poshmark, take all the proceeds, do whatever you want with it. And uh, Jonah and I looked at each other and we're like, dude, he, he, it was, it was such a quick weekend where you, and you just realized how many things were in your room that it was so overwhelming that you were just like, fuck it. I don't want any of it. And uh, Jonah and I, like the day you left on Monday morning, we were sitting in the, in the living room, like, there's too much, there's too much out there to just get rid of it all. We're going to pack it all up. We're going to put it in, in garbage bags. We're going to put it in the basement. Next time Declan's home for like a breather t- a pe- amount of time where he can actually like, just like see what he has, then we'll get rid of everything after that. Because there's going to be a gem in there that you're going to be like, oh fuck, actually, this is like, this has got some history to it. I need to keep this. Right. No, you're totally right. And that's like, this Halloween weekend upcoming, I mean, we're releasing this podcast like probably Tuesday, Wednesday, but like Halloween weekend, I'm going to come home. I'm going to stay through election, election day, uh, and my court date. <laughs> and then the next day I'll fly out and officially leave. Um, but yeah, during that time I plan on like, just like getting rid of all of the clothes or like at least trying to start listing all the clothes. And that's, and Jonah doesn't know this yet, but like, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of my car and then like, maybe I sell that for, uh, I'm either going to, um, the plan with my car is kind of a separate conversation, but like, I'm at least going to, I'm going to separate all my clothes from like the cool clothes, the clothes that maybe you guys want. And then like, just donate it and get, or throw it away. I'm just going to put it in three piles and like, you guys can take all the clothes you want out of the clothes that I, or out of the clothes to buy or the clothes to give to my boys pile. And then the rest of them, I just want to get rid of it. And like my bed, like Jonah listed my California king size bed on Craigslist. And like, he's already having trouble with that because some guy sent him a $2,500 check off Craigslist and was like, just take a cash it, only take a little bit and then send the rest of it. Like it's actually hysterical uh, listening to him go through a Craigslist sale of a California king size bed. That's not him. Like that's just a lot of work. Um, so I, I mean, this is totally, I'm trying to outsource as much as I can. Yeah. Keep outsourcing. We'll get through it. Uh, so yeah, you come, you're, we're releasing this on Tuesday, Wednesday. You're going to be back for the weekend for Halloween weekend on the 30th, which is a Friday or the 31st. I'm going to try and I'm going to pull a quick one, I think, and get out of there on Thursday. Cause I don't want to be there any longer. And so, cause you're finishing the job this week, this upcoming week. Yeah. Tucson job is come putting a bow on it. Decky Tucson stamped done. How good does that feel? So good. This what job. What has been job, like the reflect? I mean, you haven't really had a time to reflect cause you've been working 12 hour days 
I mean, before you came back to uh, Minneapolis for that quick weekend, you, you remind me again, you had like 21 days straight of 12 hour shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yes, yeah, I, I learned how to work a lot. Put that yeah. way. I learned, how to, I learned what it felt like to put seven hours a day into something you don't give two shits about, to be honest. And <laughs> what was, uh, what was it like this past weekend? And let me know if it's still the same way, but like, uh, overseeing 90 people solely by yourself. Yeah. So to, to give you context, I, for the listeners and, and you included, like I've been out on this job, um, basically just like helping out and helping close the project out, um, since June. So six months, no, four, four months, four or five months. And, uh, this weekend or this past weekend in particular is the first time where I was the only one on the job by myself. And Thursday, Friday were, was the first time where like work was happening and I was the only one on the site, like making sure everything was good and like nothing got burned to the ground and stuff. And like, um, it was very stressful. Like it very, it made me realize how much I know and how much I, and why people come and ask me about things because like, I'm the only one who does, keep track of all these different things. And, uh, it, I mean, it was stressful, but it was like any other day. I mean, it was just like, you gotta be more, I just, I was just like held more responsible and more accountable than I ever had before for that. Yeah. You had all the power, dude. You people were like, there's no one to go above you. It, like the answer lies within you. Like there's no, no one else that's going to give them the answer. That's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. Like I wore my Hawaiian shirt on Friday and people were like, Oh, that's funny shirt. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like that's just my vibe of who I am. And, um, and and then like people genuinely understand that. And I think like, that's a good, like reason of like proof of concept to me at least where like, that's like good, like people don't respect me because they fear me. They respect me because they can relate to me and they, want to do good for me because they care about me. And I think I realized that the most this weekend because I've always been preached like Declan, like I got told by my higher ups, like, Hey, we're in the closeout of this project. Like, I know you're not an asshole, but it's time to be an asshole. Like they were like, you have to be a dick to these guys if you want them to do what you want them to do. And I'm just not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to be a dick. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be an asshole because I'm not, that's not what I do. That's not who I am. That's not what I feel abrupt to do. And I mean, the, the whole, it, like the whole problem with this entire uh, concept and thing that I do in construction is just like, it's just like not, it's not me at all. Like I don't, I just not, I'm not, I'm not meant to be a superintendent ever. I'm not supposed to be the guy who's running the job ever. That's not me. I'm not supposed to do that. You're looking at me now and I'm looking at me now and all these other people are looking at me now and they're all saying he ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was, I was producing the straight candid podcast episode 004. It's not out yet, but insider information andrew and i produce the podcast so we get to see all the episodes before the release not to brag and it's a good episode so, 
Yeah, no, you know, not like a sick brag, right? Yeah. Really cool podcast. We're going to get into how fucking insane that podcast is and like how like mind blowing that whole experience has been for us. Like that's a whole conversation, but I was editing it today and I realized Sophie said something that really was like really interesting or so Sid may have said it too, but they were all talking about like their professional careers and like everything. And they're like, Hey, if, if you like what you're in or whatever, and you want to keep climbing the ladder with what you're in, like look to your boss and the boss's boss and like the higher ups within the organization and like, tell yourself like, do I want to be that person? Or like, do I want to be like that person? Do I like what that higher up person is doing? And then answer that question for yourself. And if you like that then keep going, and if you don't, it's time to pivot. And I was just like looking at my boss, my boss's boss and my boss's boss's boss. And I'm like, I don't want any of this shit. Like I don't give a shit at all about any of it. And I've known that for a while. And I've, um, I've definitely like harnessed that internally and definitely mold over it. And I've also had to defend myself, um, being honest with myself. Like I'm not going to be in construction long-term because my next job, I'm moving to Arizona, right? And I, and I'm going to be taking on this new job with another, uh, with PCL, but like with a new team of people and the new boss that I have, uh, new knows I run this podcast and listen to the 280 episode 282, the we can see podcast, where it was the last time you and I were recording together. And I said the same exact thing. Like, I don't see myself in construction long-term. Yeah, you said that on the and, podcast and he listened to it. Correct. And, yeah. uh, yeah, he just called me out about it like two right. minutes into our little interview. This is the first time you met him. You're sitting down. He's just getting to know you. And like right away, he's like, so I listened to, you know, Back Pocket, like the one that you run. And, and, uh, I, and I heard on your, I listened to the episode we can see. And I heard on the, on the episode that is, are you, are, are you're not into construction long term? So like, tell, explain this. And I thought you gave him a, a phenomenal answer, like one that shows you why you're such a motivated guy, but also like where your vision is of, what you want to do down the road right right and that and that's so he was like hey i listen to your podcast and like in the back of my head i'm like that's the coolest thing ever like this guy like doesn't even know who i am and saw it on my resume and like people have told him about it like he listened to the podcast and i was like awesome dude like how was it and he's like well on the podcast like you said you didn't want to be in construction long term and i knew exactly what he was talking about i was like episode 282 the we can see podcast and that was like me after being like super pissed and you and I were like in this dark spot. It felt like, and uh, I didn't want to even see a dark spot, but it was uh, just like a moment of uncertainty. You know, you love capturing those moments. Yeah. And it was uh, hazy. It was hazy. Hazy for sure. We couldn't see. And, <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, and he was like, yeah, you, you said on it like that you didn't want to be in construction. And the first thing I thought was like, wow, he listened to like the 35 minute mark of the podcast. Like, pretty cool the guy hung around for a half hour like good on you boss like fuck yeah buddy <laughs> but at the same time i'm like damn like i really gotta own what i say here and i what i'm owning here is like what i truly believe i'm like look dude like i don't want to be in construction long term i don't what i want to be i want to be running this company full time i want to be um part of this production media production and broadcasting company that i started four years ago with my buddy and that's what i want to do full time at some point i realized that pcl gives me the opportunity to travel first and foremost meet new people and i get paid an engineering salary to do so and i learn a shit ton a lot about hard work and myself throughout the process 
is it perfect? No. Is it what I want to do long-term? No. But is it something that gives, it kind of like keeps myself moving in a, in a fluid motion that kind of puts me in an uncomfortable position that I can like respond and react and grow from? Yes. And he's like, I'm just sick and like John, the guy who's my PM now, who's my boss now, he's like, I'm just looking for someone who can do the job I asked him to and not quit after a couple months. And I told him like, look, dude, like I'm not, I have no plans to quit. I'm, I'm not going to quit because the job's too hard. I'm not like, that's not who I am, but like, I'm, I'm here to do the job you're asking me to do. Do I think I'm going to quit because back pocket blows up in the next three months? No. So like, take it for what it is. Like, I'm just operating transparently and this is who I am. And, uh, we left that. That was like last week around Monday, Tuesday. And then, uh, by the end of the week, I got the job. So I don't know. I don't know what he thinks at this point. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where he comes. He's probably listening to this podcast. Now we'll have to address it again. Right. You know, you'll, you'll continuously address this, but what's dope is, and I think this has been consistent with each job that you've been on. This is, this will be the third one is the transparency's there. You're not, go, you're not sneaking around. You're not hiding anything. You're not doing this side hustle in a way that's like, Oh, I'm, I'm just taking the money from a company to then like own to allow myself to work on this thing called back pocket because it's not making money right now. And I need to have this other job. That's not by any means the way that you're like, that's the reality of it, but it's not the work that you're putting in it. You're the work that you put into PCL is far greater than anything else. Like, the, I mean, you are dedicated beyond belief to that particular job. And, and that's why on a weekend when you have to oversee 90 people, shit gets done and gets done the right way. Uh, so, and I think like now that your boss knows that, I think it's just, it's got to be a weight off your shoulders, like off the get go. He knows where you stand. Uh, you know where he stands. He knows you now fully and you can just operate as if and make shit and just get these things done in a timely manner so yeah and and honestly the thing that like scares me the most is like I didn't realize how good I had it the first time like I lived 20 minutes from our uptown house and I got to show up at like seven every day once in a blue moon I'd have to show up for a concrete port 5 a.m um and everybody at the job site like was stoked on the podcast and like like even when we, like when we recorded like the Chad Greenway podcast, this is the one I remember specifically, but like, I remember going to my boss and being like, Hey, uh, Chad Greenway wants to record next week at 9am. Like, is it okay if I show up late to work and record a podcast with Chad Greenway? And like, without hesitation, my boss was like, 100%. That's like such a cool opportunity. Like I'm excited for you. And I, I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's so cool that like, my own, the company that like actually pays me is like willing to support something that I'm doing totally outside what I'm actually getting paid for. And quite frankly, I took advantage of that. Like I would do those types of things all the time. I would leave work a little early and I, but I would communicate all these things. Right. And now I get moved out to this job in Tucson and same company, different boss, different culture. And like, quite honestly, different scenario where I'm on the road and there's not a lot, a lot of other people to help cover for the job. So like, even when like me and you would hop on a call at 8 PM, your time, 6 PM, my time, I would leave the job, just like leave a, like a little powwow that I would have with my boss and my employee, maybe a couple other guys on the job site who were just like kicking back, drinking brews. I would leave that 
and then go and call you and it'd be like me and you on a call with like tea flow we're talking about the date night podcast or me and you on a call with our sales guy jeremy and we're talking through bocella or me and you talking with christian from save our livers and we're trying to go through strategy and like I, I'm doing this like at least once a week and uh, they call me out and they're like, Hey, that's unacceptable. Like what does team building mean to you? Like, you're just going to leave the con like, you're just going to leave out of nowhere to hop on a call and everyone's wondering where you are. And then you're going to come back and act like everything's normal. And I'm like, yeah, like I didn't think that was a big deal. And then like, I just get lit up about it. And now I'm like that right there. Had they just been like, Hey man, don't do it again. Just like, let us know ahead of time, which was essentially the first conversation. But like, you know how hard it was for me to go to like my boss and say, Hey, at six twenty, I gotta go. I have to hop on another call for the podcast. Like the, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that I had to say that. Cause that like, you should be doing that anyways from a communication standpoint, but it was the fact that like, I knew it pissed him off when I had to go on that call. It wasn't even the fact that I had the call. I would still, I still booked it every time. You know, I did, but it's the fact that like, they were like, fuck that guy is going on the call every time. Like it was like a, it was a shot to them that I was doing something else that wasn't the job at 6 PM their time. And that's where I started to realize like, oh, okay. Not every job is like the one I was on before. And now I'm heading into this third job to your point new boss, new transparency. We've got the, we've got the back pocket thing on the table already. Expectations are expectations. We haven't even started the job. I get to come on the job before it even gets started, which is cool. Um, and now I get to figure out, you know, what's what, but it, it, it really put a perspective on me to the point where I'm just like, like, Oh my God. Like if, if this happens again, if this Tucson type job happens again, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to opt into this lifestyle. I opted. I I am currently opting in now because it puts me in situations where I'm like, wow, I get to move to Tucson. Like I get to move to Arizona. I get to like go to these new places and like travel around and get paid for it. No brainer. But like, if it's gonna, if it's gonna put me in a in a spot where there's clashing and there's tension, then I need to just look for something else. Sure. Yeah. So you're saying Tucson job culture replicates itself in Tempe or Phoenix. You're bagging it because like, it's not helping you become a better version of yourself. It's not even like back pockets calling. It's not like this, this subject, this uh, entity is like, now is the time. It's more so like, you're looking internally and be like, I want to be the best version of myself and the culture that's getting consistently pushed on me is detrimental to, you know, just small incremental things like making you feel good about yourself. Someone that's putting you down daily for doing something such as a meeting off hours when your guys are just sitting in an office hanging out. That's just a bummer. Like that's not something that anybody should do with to anyone. That's like, the, like if you were to call your mom just to catch up with her. And the only time that she could talk is 6.30 on a, Saturday, on, a, on a Thursday night and you're having beers with Bummy or one of the guys and they're like, no, you can't call your mom. Like that's like the calls that you, we and I, that you and I are having. Like it's just checkups. It's like just checking yeah. in, seeing how we're doing. Um, yeah. So. Well, you're using the mom example, but it's like the same thing. It's like, yeah. like back pockets family, dude. Yeah. No, that's exactly that. The mom, that, that's, that's what I meant by it. Uh, so. 
no, I, I love the way you're looking at it, man. And uh, so the timeline is this job ends Thursday. You're trying to get home. Uh, you're going to be home till about November 6th. And then you're starting the November, job. November 4th. November 4th. And that brings a good point. November 4th, the election day. We have a platform here and we need to use this platform. You're listening here on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Not sure when it's going to get released. Go out there and vote. Vote. Just vote. Just do it. Vote. I don't know who you're voting for. I don't know if you're voting for your mom. I don't know if you're voting for yourself, but you vote. You always vote. You're always voting. You're not voting. If you're not voting, you're wrong. If you're voting, you're right. Be right. Use your rights. Go out and vote. This is the back pocket and we approve this message. We just turned into New Yorkers and we told everyone to vote. Hey, look, I submitted my absentee ballot like four days ago. Felt pretty good about it. Got an email today. Said, hey, your vote was counted. Same. I submitted it 10 days ago. Got the email five days ago. Counted. Dude, yo, did you? So I know we're talking on a Sunday night right now, but like we're at, as of like Friday last week, we were like 30, 40% higher voter count at that day than we ever were before. Like That's more crazy. people... Like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm telling you to vote now. If you, if you're listening to this and you haven't voted, please vote. But like, it's pretty bananas. Like how many people are just like actually voting this time? I just got off the phone with my dad. And I think this is consistent with, you know, the older generation seeing what's going on right now. No year of no election year ever has there been a marketing push from this many directions from the simple idea of voting. You know, you see all the political ads, who to vote for. That's consistent as shit. Like you see those every year, yeah. this time of yeah. year. But the amount of like NFL, General Mills, Verizon, and, you know, the Back Pocket podcast putting in your ear to go vote. Like that is so cool. And I, it's shocking that it's not happened in the past. But I think it's just awesome that it is on the top of everyone's mind because uh, – it's important. And, we, and for some reason, four years ago, no one thought it was important. Or people were like, I'm not going to invest in it because it's not going to affect me. And now we're sitting in a, in a year of serious chaos and turmoil in many different areas. And people are on edge. And it's more important than ever. So, and, and we get to say on our platform, this is also what I was talking with my dad. He's like, Andrew, you got to make sure that back pocket is using the platform to remind people to exercise their right indivisible it's in our pledge indivisible so go out there fellas ladies gals homies back pocket interns and go vote go vote it's that simple i was told by a few interns now um who saw the john and sarah t-shirt that i made and they said if you could do one more t-shirt with like a little talk bubble that said um X pluribus unum or whatever, whatever that uh, e pluribus saying, unum e pluribus unum. If I had that across the top, um, and we release that as a shirt, that that would be a good marketing ploy on our our end. And I think, um, it, and for the people who don't know, this is a this is so Andrew's dad. We don't do enough explaining of this, but Andrew's dad, John and Sarah, aka Pops. He's the guy every single Monday that sends us a video. So like, it's literally a group text on, we all have iPhones. So it's blue messages, of course, don't get too afraid, but it's me, Andrew and his dad. And every single Monday, Andrew's dad will send us a one minute video 
of what's in his back pocket and how he's utilizing it to become better, a better person. And one week he said he used the um, old saying for, of the United States, which was ex pluribus unum. E pluribus unum. It was on the coin and it was yes. E pluribus unum Latin. And they changed it to in God we trust, I believe. And in yeah. E pluribus unum means out of many, one. Um, which is dope. And I think that is super cool that someone gave you the feedback for John and Sarah's face on a t-shirt to say E Pluribus Unum. Out of many, one. Out of many, one. And I think that like represents like what our country is all about. And like, as far as we stray away from that and as tribal as politics get with left and right up and down, like E Pluribus Unum is like a very out of many one. Like we are, no matter how, which is why we care so much about the presidency. I know like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking with Bighorn Burke, um, you know, I care about so many other things about who besides who's our, who our president is, because at the end of the day, like, um, you know, hands raised, like the president really doesn't affect my life, my life day to day. Like that's just, I'm in a privileged point of view to that, to that extent. But out of many one it uh, that one statement hammers home the fact that that one person you elect that one person that represents you is who represents you so care about it vote fuck yeah as well said so yeah that i mean i'm excited about that and uh i also want to like i know so like i'm i'm obviously moving to phoenix here um in a week or two and like you and I are no longer going to be um, just like together every day. Like we're no longer rooming together. That's, I think that's like a big step and kind of sad. And I don't, I like think about it all the time. Like I lived in the TikTok hype house and now I'm leaving it. Like, I just feel, I like feel like I'm, I'm, I'm leaving something I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know we're 30 minutes into this podcast, but I wanted to start with some positivity. And I just like, I've been mulling over this for like the last two weeks and I'm just like going back and forth. Like, this is a bad decision. This is a good decision. Like I'm super anxious. I'm super confident. Like I have all of the emotions around what I'm doing. And my, the coolest thing that happened that solidified and made sense at the end of the day was the fact that, so I, you, you've known that I'm like basically getting ready to move to Phoenix now or Tempe Phoenix area for probably like what, three, four weeks now. Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. And then within this last week, I like told uh, Instagram, I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm moving to Phoenix. And I had, as of right now, I had 27 people respond to that story saying like, you know, hey, wish you good luck. Um, can't wait to visit you. And then like, I would say like half of them were like, hey, I live here and I'm right. Like, I love Back Pocket. I, let me know how I can help you get welcomed into the community. Hey, I know someone out here that lives in Phoenix. You should connect with them. Hey, uh, now that you're out here, we should start doing this kind of stuff. Hey, I run this gym. 
like come work out. And I was like, like as hard as it is to leave like Minneapolis and the twin cities, which I've been the last six years, like, you know, how hard it is to like leave like all your football friends, all the people that you graduated school with. Like now I created a community of back. We all created a community of backpack where you got the workout places to go to like the next, all your filmers and everything are there. Like in Minneapolis, like all the locations and events happening every single week. Like, as hard as that is, I'm like, none of those things are lost. Not only because you're still there, but like, even if you were to move and I were to move and we're totally out of Minneapolis, like those connections are strong enough to where they are still alive. And once I realized that part, then I, then I started looking forward and looking into the present of like, okay, well, what do I have now? Like, what do I want to build now? And that is where I got really excited because I was like, wait a second, I have like a whole groundwork of things to lay and bricks to lay. I can lay a perfect brick every single day in a different location now. And it's beneficial to us no matter what. And I was, I just get, I just start getting very, very excited about that. And I just continue to triple down on that feeling. And if we're going to expand and grow into something in the future or whatever the hell we want to decide on doing, like, like it's just, it's going to have, like the community is only going to grow is one of my whole points. Like it's only going to go bigger and there's only going to be more people that are like-minded enough to like be around the, the thing called back pocket. And I'm just very excited for that opportunity, even though I'm not in the place that, I wasn't expecting to be right. No, that's, that's really dope to hear. Um, it fires me up that you posted on Instagram or social media and people are already are in the inbox in that town being like, uh, I'm here. I want to see you and I want to do cool things with you. Or I know someone there and I want to connect you and with someone so that you can learn the community more. And at the end of the day, that's like what back pockets always been about. It's about like, bringing someone who isn't necessarily in a, like doesn't have a community or has a dope community and we want to connect with it either, either end of the spectrum and just blending it together. So now that you personally don't have a community and you're going into a new location and our community right here is like, Hey dude, here's some things that you can already do to get into, to get invested into this, this town called uh, Tempe. And uh, that fires me up because what do we love doing most connecting with people and, and hope and, and hopefully getting to promote them and helping them scale that whatever they're doing, whether it's just finding happiness or making, maybe making some money. Um, so that's freaking awesome because you're right. Back pocket isn't going anywhere. The Mi- Minneapolis isn't going anywhere. I was just talking to Jason Coons on Saturday. I drove home with, I drove him home after we worked out. And uh, so we had like, 20 30 minutes in the car and i asked him jason coons former guest on the podcast found one of the founders of best christmas ever works at 3m culture guy and he shared with me his takeaways that he had when he was just in the last uh, four weeks he was in montana with his wife just the two of them and he was by him that those two were by themselves for four weeks what he learned one of his biggest takeaways was I didn't feel guilty for leaving what I had behind. 
I knew it was going to be there. And granted, he was only gone for four weeks. It wasn't like he was picking up and leaving. But for those four weeks, he knew he was in the right spot. And that was like one of the coolest takeaways to have. Like you're not questioning yourself in a day-to-day basis. Like, is this right? Am, am I wrong for putting myself in this position? Are, am I hurting other people for going in this situation? So having that mindset, Coons was able to like absolutely dive into what was going on. He, he knew he wasn't leaving anything or uh, he was in the right position. So um, that was just a cool reminder. And I was like, how do I apply that into my own life? And I'm like, if I picked up and left, what would that be like? One of my co-founder, my co-founder, my, my running mate, my best friend is picking up and leaving. Is he leaving behind what, something special? Is he going away from something special? And I'm like, and I, I firmly believe, no, you're not. You're, you're putting yourself in a situation where you can grow exponentially more than, than me because you are, you are putting yourself not at ground zero, but like in ultimate uncomfortability daily to learn a new routine, to build in, to find a new community and find another way to grow. Like I already have all of the tools. Like I wake up in the morning. I'm like, how do I, what do I, who do I, who do I need to talk to scroll through? Oh, let's go work out at peak health with Dr. Matt Weiss, Mike Schwant and Jason Coons. Um, like I already have that. You have to find that again. And I think that's fucking dope. It's going to be hard. Like this is not easy between the two of us, but, um, I'm excited for you, dude. Yeah. And I know it's not easy. Cause I know like, I know like if I'm there and it's me and you still like, like if you and I are just like planted in a city for five years, like, like you and I both know, like we, we take it over like, and become bigger than K fan, like overnight, in my opinion. Like, I think, I think where we're at now is obviously not bigger than K fan, but like our pro our process and like what we're after, like, we're going to, we're going to like flush them down the toilet in five years. And I have no problem saying that, but like, that's not like it, not even my goal. My goal is not even like to, be the biggest podcast or biggest media thing in Minneapolis. Like, I, don't, I really don't even like, that's not like a goal of mine. Um, I, I look at like a November project after talking with broken. I know we haven't released that podcast yet, but like, I look at that like community. I'm like, that's way cooler. Like, I'm just like the fact that that's like spread across the country and there's all these different people that feel the same way based on whatever location they're in. And they all show up because of one thing, because they all want to be together. And I'm like, I, I just want that. I want, I want back pocket to be like this thing. Like, Oh, you know, back pocket. And I know back pocket. And we are just listeners or followers of this brand. Let's work together. Like I want that to happen without me ever even knowing about it, to be honest with you. Like I want it to be that type of, I wanted to have that type of aura because that's how we've, we've grown in. Like you get to wake up every day, Andrew, and be like, Oh, who do I text? Who do I work out with? And who do I hang out with? Because we have so many people to do that with. We have, we had the goal. Let's play in the sandbox this year because we recorded 120 podcasts with some people last the year prior. And we're like, we have to do things with them now. Like we built all these relationships. We should do something. And now I'm in this whole different situation. And like you said, I mean, you said ground zero and that's essentially what it is for me out here, but I'm like, 
I didn't realize that like our reach even came out to Phoenix and Arizona and the fact that like there's already people here that know about Back Pocket. And I know it's few and far between, but like what a great starting point to start over again. And everything that I already know, everything that we've already been through, now I can use that to start once more. And I think that's what's so much fun about the creative process, which we talked about with Brogan again. And what Naval Ravi Kant talks about all the time is like, the best time to, to be a part of this creative process is to scrap everything and start over again, scrap everything and start over again. And then just to continue that kind of creative process. And I'm not saying I'm doing that out here, but like it does have that feeling towards it because like a week from now, like I have to know where I'm living, what I'm like driving. And like, I have like a location to be and report to like i don't know any i have one i know where i need to report to but i don't know where i'm living i don't know where i'm gonna drive in and that i mean it's it's a lot of stress don't get me wrong but it's like once i find that like i'm ready to fucking launch like i'm ready to just like i'm ready to fucking start meeting more people i'm ready to start creating just like start from again is start from that ground zero again and just kind of build build the culture build the back pocket build the connections and like now we're doing it in two different cities and it and it's at the end of the day it's it's pretty seamless and it's funny you know and we talk i've I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast but it's happened even more so because of you posting on social media habitually about um staying out in arizona when I see someone that knows back pocket or, I mean, when they see me, they, they're going to be think back pocket, but they don't think me. Their first thing is what's, what's, how's Declan doing? What's going on? Are you guys, are you, what's the podcast going to look like? And that's the first thing someone asks uh, me when I, whenever I see a a friendly face Uh, and my response every time is the podcast is easy, virtual. Sure. Declan coming back every other month, recording a bunch of podcasts, making a weekend out of it. The most fun thing I could do. The podcast itself, that's the easiest thing that, that, that there's to continue to produce. But what, what we're trying to do is something bigger. We have to continue to make sure that people know how, like, they want, I want people to feel good when they hear the word back pocket. That's the thing that I'm like, how, how do, what's my role now on the ground in Minneapolis? How do I do that? Um, so simply answering like the way I do when they ask how Declan's doing or what's back pockets future look like. I, I hope, I hopefully fire that person up with like the quote unquote future of back pocket. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it, it goes kind of back to the same November project model where you have, you know, November project is a workout company across the globe in nine countries, 50 in like 50 States in the United States. And like, they have leaders in each one of those respective places. And it's like, now it's like, I'm the, I'm doing the most I can in starting a new uh, place in Phoenix and trying to dominate Arizona, trying to dominate the Arizona sandbox where now you're the leader of Minnesota. Like you have complete ownership of the Minnesota sandbox, Andrew. And now it's yours. Like you, you are now the representative of Minnesota, the Minnesota division of back pocket. Yeah. I'm the brand leader here in Minnesota. You're a brand leader. leader. Hey, start acting like it. You always have to. I'm (laughs) saying that's yours now, dude. How's Declan? You're like, yeah, he's busy running the Phoenix division. You're like Phoenix division. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's what we have. 
I was literally getting ready to change our Instagram. Like we operate out of two states now. We operate out not only out of, out of Minnesota and Minneapolis, but we also operate out of Phoenix, Arizona. And that, that also fired me up because I'm like, we just, we just doubled our reach because now we're, we're genuinely impacting people physically in one state or in two different states now. Right. And, uh, and Jason Coons, he also asked me on that same car ride. He was like, so hot, like what he directly asking. So like, what is the future of back pocket? Like, what do you, what's your five-year plan? He asked me that question again. And, um, I, I gave him the answer that we, we talk about all the time. And it, and it honestly made me feel so good to say this to someone who I care about. And I like, I respect his opinion more than most, um, letting him know that my five-year plan is there is no plan. I, I know that I know how back pocket makes me feel and I'm going to continue to do the things that make me feel great when I'm doing things for back pocket. And a perfect example is this straight candid podcast that we mentioned earlier that we have now become the production team behind. This is the first time we have produced a podcast for someone else. We're not producing a, and it's hard to fucking market it and let people know this, but we're not producing a podcast. We're producing someone's personality and voice and presence like we have their brand their who they are we have the ability to push out content that shows you who a person is and the right. fact that we have chosen to do this for free we are not we don't charge these girls to pay to run to do this producing because we believe in them that their voice is going to be great and their voice is meaningful and impactful. And we have the, the resources and the um, uh, tactical skills and strategy to amplify that voice and make it successful. And I want those girls to win because it goes back to um, something that we were talking with bio creating community. If I have an opportunity to help someone else win and win with them, then I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing. And that's what back pocket is. Right. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that too. Cause um, we'll get to the straight candid thing in a second, but I was thinking about how like, like I've basically been running like back pocket social media and all of the things that we've been doing for the past four years. Like it's basically just been me. And, I mean, you've, you've obviously been had, you, you've had a part of that Yeah, like 30-ish percent, I'd say. Like 30, 25, 30%. 70, 30, 70, 30, call it that. 70% me, 30% you. But um, I was like, I, I, I like physically don't have the time to do it anymore. So I've like trying to been, I've been trying to become creative to like delegate that and put it on someone else and like teach them how to do it and like all this stuff. And it just like, as I started to do more of it, I just started becoming accepting of the fact that like, I want to, and we already are starting to do this on our Twitter where I'm scrolling Twitter and I'm seeing tweets from back pocket. And I'm like, Oh, like, that's cool. Like I've never seen Like I don't, I, I didn't tweet that normally I do, but like, I didn't tweet that, but I like that tweet. And like, I want to do that all the time now. Like I want to just, that needs to just be a team of people. Like I'm not, that me wondering what I'm going to post on social media back pocket is so not a part of what I need to worry about. 
and so something that I can delegate and, and amplify someone else to do. Like, it's just blatantly obvious at this point. Now, you, you, with that, but before you get to something, I think one of your goals in Tempe, since you're going to, you know, you're going to, where you're going to be now for an extended period is to yeah. find someone on, on that ground to help you with that. Uh, so like reaching out, like Arizona States and Tempe, reaching, like posting in that area, whatever you need to do, find someone in Arizona, in Tempe that can help you with that because it's so much better to do it in person. And I don't know. I think there's something there. That's, that's a tangent, but continue. Right. No, I, I and uh, what I was getting at is just like, I really like, I'm not, I'm not even fascinated about amplifying our own voices like you and I talking this is our 288th podcast and like we do well it's fine you know we've built a cool ass community and it's all come from this podcast but like dude we don't get a lot of downloads like you and I aren't talking about like these grandiose things ever and it's only entertaining sometimes sure like granted we ever I'm selling ourselves short but I'm just saying like that's the reality in the grand scheme of things being able to like produce someone else's podcast, knowing everything that we know and like, just like starting from ground zero already with our knowledge of like how to produce an amplified podcast is like cheating. It's like legitimate cheating because now that we have like two girls that are equally as passionate, want to put their brand out there. I mean, we're four episodes in, we got to like make like, I'm getting excited about them, buying in on them. And hopefully we continue to grow this thing to episode 70. But like the fact that like I get way more satisfaction doing that than I do post my own bullshit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to still talk. I'm going to still do some things, but I'm going to have someone else like put that out there from time to time. And I'll do it myself at time to time. But like, I care way more about like, making sure someone else's voice is amplified that I care about, that I know it's going to do well. And that's straight candid right now. And I'm so stoked about it. We like, like full transparency, like Andrew and I bought all the equipment. We hit these girls up because we knew they were going to want to record a podcast together. Actually, they didn't even know they wanted to record a podcast together. Andrew and I put them in a group text together because they were starting to become good friends. And we were like, they need to record a podcast. And we bought the equipment and made it just happen because like Andrew and I, that's what we want to do. Like we want to create podcasts and amplify voices of things in people that matter. And we saw those two as our first go around and that's how we started it. Literally, that's it. It's so awesome. Their passion is like equivalent to what, to what we're trying to do. And that's just even more motivating to continue to do it. It, it kind of blew Coons's mind that we're not getting paid for it. Um, but like, not yet, dude, not yet. And that's the point. Like it's going to come. I'm, I'm not pressing the, I'm not, if we push the button here and have them pay whatever amount just to like make us seem like we're making money. What does that mean? What, what does that, where does that get us? What are we going to go buy some fucking Halloween candy with it? Like, I yeah. don't No. Um, so I think what we're doing is, uh, and we're 24 years old and we're doing something to help another person. It's, it's, I'm, I'm really invested in the give value, get value. And it's in that, the, the book that you gave me, what was that red book? Um, the go giver, 
Oh, the go-giver. Yeah. It's the go-giver. I don't know what's going to come of this. I have no idea. But I already can see that people are coming up to me now that are close friends with me that are associates. And they're saying, so what are you guys? Are you guys a production company now? Sure. Yeah, we're a production company. We've always been a production company, but now we're helping another part. Now we're helping someone else. Do you know anyone that wants to start a podcast? Do you know, do you want anyone? Do you know anyone that wants to, you know, get their voice out there? And we, it's not like we're just like winging it and putting this together. Like we have a formula and we know how to win. We have success like in our blood with podcasting, with pushing brands. And it's so fun to fucking implement, implement it for someone else. Yeah. And like, we're doing it for free for these straight can of girls, like, because we want them to be a part of like the back pocket brand. Like when they amplify and they blow up, like we blow up with them. Like it's pretty, we've, we're working through trying to help like figure out that relationship. Obviously, like I want them to do whatever they want. I don't ever want to like censor, censor or tell them what they should do or maybe hinder what they're doing. Like, like, I just want them to simply give them the platform and amplify and just let them do what they want to do. And I like look at our process with them versus like an iHeartRadio who would sign like Ben Lieber to a new podcast. And I'm like, it's like night and day. Like, like, yeah, they have the equipment and they have the money, but like they don't have, they don't have like the savviness, not even close to the savviness of marketing that we have. They don't even have close to the community that we have. Like, um, it, it, it it's just a no brainer. Like we actually have an advantage here that I never even like we, we grew it because we worked our asses off for ourselves for so yeah. long. And, like, I'm just like stoked about it. Like I'm, and I'm so confident in it. Like, that's why I said it earlier. Like we'll take over K fan if we wanted to, because it like all we would have to do if we wanted to take K fan over is like hit like the seven major people within the area that want to record a podcast and be like, Hey, we'll do one for you and we'll create this network, blah, blah, blah. And, and like fucking make it happen. Granted, it'd be way harder, but like, that's not my goal. My goal is to amplify the people I actually give a shit about. And that's what makes back pocket, back pocket. Amen. Amen. There, we had people over this weekend and uh, one, of the, one of the guys came up to me and was congratulating me on starting this podcast. And he was saying how it's, it's really cool how you're using or how he, he asked, he goes, do the girls know that? they wouldn't be where they are without you guys have putting in four weeks of or four years of work. And I said, a hundred percent. That's also what's like so fulfilling the amount of mutual understanding of the work that we're all putting in is phenomenal. I don't, I really don't know if there's another thing that people are doing investing this much time and energy in without seeing some type of monetary value. I, sure. I, I think everyone else, everyone that has like this extent of a hobby or this extent of a passion is, is their goal is to make money and, yeah. or they're like, or they're, they're trying to make money off of it as quickly as possible. Um, and I, I think the, why we have influenced so many people and so many people gravitate to what we're doing is because we're not, we're, we don't ask for money. We're, we're, we're not doing this to, you know, sneak, sneak by you. And, and snag four bucks. Um, we're, we're transparent. And uh, it was cool to just hear that compliment. I don't even know if I worded that right. But I, when he, when he no, said he it in the moment, it fucking got me jazzed. And I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I started tearing up when I heard that. Because, like, 
Sid himself do realize that. Like that was like the first words out of their mouth on episode one. And uh and and not that they amplified that on their own podcast, but like they tell us that all the time. Like, please teach us more. Please like help us like let us know where we can help. Like there's so many things with that, like we haven't even taught them yet that like we're ready to do. But like, dude, like yeah, it's a it's a side hustle and we like just put money into them and we were just like and it's not even because it's like if they flopped and like they just were like hey Declan like we don't want to do it any- Declan Andrew we don't want to do this anymore like I'm not gonna be like oh man like just wasted 500 bucks in equipment like no just that's equipment that we can put towards something else in fact we use it ourselves for outdoor podcasts like we we it was such a mutual beneficial win regardless and that's not to take away from them but i'm saying that like i'm in we're investing our own personal money into this always and have been for the last four years like we're getting to the point now like to your point andrew where the people are like dang you're really like putting a lot of time into like things that are other than yourself and like you and i are like it's not other people man like we're still doing this for ourselves to a certain point but like we're just we understand the true happiness and the true value is in others and with community and with people. And that's, that is the point that I was getting at earlier, which was just like, Oh my God, I just love, I love producing straight candid. I love like watching it. I love editing it. I love like putting the videos together for them. Granted it's been a little untimely because I've been so fucking busy, but like, we'll figure that out. Like I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely love putting it together because it's like you said, it's four years of you and I figuring out the industry and figuring out the marketing of ourselves and then using it as the starting ground as for someone else. And at the same time, I mean, we're still doing it. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, we're trying to figure out who we are. Right. As recent, I mean, this is something my dad has said and uh, on the podcast, uh, I think it was the 4th of July podcast last year. Um, we had got, we got the nitro cold brews and we were, uh, maybe it was two years ago. We got the nitro cold brews and we were sitting in the studio right over here. And that was uh, last year. That was last year. Yeah. Nitro cold brews. And he said, how cool is it that you guys are recent college graduates and you're documenting all of your thoughts and all of these conversations and people, and you're, you're, you're attempting to grow. You're trying to be better every day and you're trying and you get to reflect on that and have that forever, but also like other people can hear that and grow. Um, that like we spent four years of our lives documenting like conversations once a week. Um, right. Episode one ninety one for people who are wondering. It was uh, July sixteenth of two thousand nineteen. So, and for all the reoccurring listeners that have heard this spiel all the time, I think what this podcast is really all about and what we've unpacked is. Declan is leaving Minneapolis officially. There is no return insight for him to be here as a full-time resident. He'll be back as much as he can, but he is officially in Tempe, Arizona, starting on November 6th. um, And he's living there. He's going to be a full-time resident there. And with all that being said, back pocket couldn't be stronger from the sense of this situation has forced Declan and I to communicate on a way more effective level, more transparent than ever. We have to tell each other, Hey man, I'm behind the eight ball. I need your help. Hey man, back pocket is, is, is uh, struggling in this area. We need to go hire someone. Um, 
we're and we're, we're still working on that we're not by any means nailing that but this situation has put us in a new uncomfortable t- uh, area where we get to be better and we've got all this work that we've done to allow us to to fo- to foag and figure it out yeah figure out adjust and go foag 100 percent. and it like it like makes you realize like uh, like what matters most like what what things that we talked about that were pushing the ball forward because when we were living together we were all obviously talking about like what bets we have and you know what's our parlays this week and you know getting getting uh getting drunk on the weekends and there's all these there's all these fugazi fugazi things that like we definitely talked about um that probably didn't matter that probably didn't push the ball forward but like now that we have this such a limited communication it's like what things do we talk about? And, uh, and that's, that's exactly it. But what I love and what I would, uh, and I think you already know this too, but like, you know, straight candid, straight candid got more downloads on their very first episode than you and I have ever received in four years of podcasting. That's insane. It's, inc- it's insane. <laughs> but it's expected. I knew that was going to happen. Like, I, I, like if I were to put a bet on it, I would have put a bet on it. Like I was like, these girls are going to do way better in terms of downloads, in terms of anything better than we'll ever do. It was minus 250. It was a lot. It was was Khabib going against Justin Gaethje. It was a lock of the week. You knew it was going to happen. But to see it happen, I was was fucking stoked. Because, again, we put in so much work to connect two people that way to then spend three months building this thing called Straight Candid, being a team of four people, at 1.5, figuring out – that five isn't probably best going back to four branding, editing, random miscellaneous things. And then for us to release it and for them to win on that level, that is, uh, that's it. Yeah. And probably continue to win on this level. And they're probably going to be bigger. I mean, they're going to be a bigger podcast than back pocket podcast. Ever would it be because who, at the end of it, who wants to talk, who wants to listen to white guys talk about white guy things. Dude, that's my point. Like, I was talking to um, someone else about this the other day. Like, like female podcasts are, like, especially straight can, in my opinion, but, like, as I started to listen to, like, more female podcasts, just, like, trying to get involved, like, like more, like, people just want to, like, listen to them. Like, like, there's way too many white guys talking about going to Mars. Like, there way too many. And there's way – in an insane like niche of female podcasters that are just saying how it is. And I love listening to those podcasts. Like I love listening to female voices and I was just like, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, why is this always happening? Like, like call her daddy is the number one downloaded barstool podcast. And like, we were like, okay, that's cool. Like they're obviously going through all this bullshit and whatnot, but like, there's a reason why that one's killing it. Guys, we fucked great, like number one podcast. Um, the, it, it go, the list goes on and on and on and on. And I'm just like, why is that? Like, why do these female, be, be, 
like why why are they so popular and through listening to a couple of them and you can chime in here i swear i'd love to hear what you have to say about it but like they just like say it how it is and it's way more vulnerable to say it how it is from their perspective than it is from ours yeah it feels like they're attacking it at just like a a, a real deep level and yes. like they have so many like and they're attacking it from like intimacy and vulnerability on things of like getting close with another individual whether it's like a friendship or an actual like relationship. Yeah. And like people are so dumb in that area because all you know is your own perspective. Right. Getting like having sex and uh, going on first dates, whatever it is. Uh, and then even like a 24 year old getting into the fitness industry or building your own personal brand. 24 um, year old girl that's trying to do that. Like that's not an easy thing to do. And they are offering a perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like women entrepreneurs, you look maybe, I don't even, I don't know the stats on it, but 10 years ago probably wasn't as big as it is today, but still not enough people are giving as advice as you hear in the, and from the male perspective. So having like two women entrepreneurs um, offering their perspective at this age goes a long way like super long way and though like and they're funny and they're hilarious like i genuinely laugh my ass off like producing it so like just a little behind the scenes for everyone listening like andrew's physically there recording all the film and all the audio and then he sends it to me and then a couple weeks later when the episode's getting ready to release i go back and i produce the episode make it look all nice and like put it together as one little file to put on youtube and then Andrew and I chop it up, put it on social media, give it to the girls. Um, we work them with run. them and let them run. Right. And uh, I mean, you have one perspective of like physically being there and watching the conversation. I have another perspective, but like, I, th- I feel like you and I have two different experiences, but at the same time have two very similar experiences. What has it been like hearing those conversations for you so far? Oh man, I, I'm I'm sweating for the most for most of it. <laughs> sweating the whole time. I'm sweating. Call hey, me. My hands are all little sweaty little chicken nuggets, dude. Because also I know I'm gonna get called on at some point, and I have to just be ready to answer something. And you know dude, how I'm good with under pressure. You know okay. how I'm not very good under pressure. No, you've been great under pressure so far. You, you've been a hundred percent phenomenal under pressure so far when they were talking about uh red flag or deal breaker and you brought up the idea of like they didn't like when it was a deal breaker if like you kiss your mom in the mouth and you're like well, what about if you kiss your dad on the mouth like phenomenal ad there mm-hmm. thank you um but yeah <laughs> the beginning of episode four beginning of episode four which i don't know if it's released or not but if you're listening hopefully it is like episode four like the very beginning of the podcast so like andrew you look good like what were you wearing that day dude like what were you fucking wearing you had the denim wildly average hat on but like you could have been naked otherwise i don't know yeah i might have been i might have been naked that's that's up for debate that's the thing that see i got no camera angle we don't have enough cameras for me to get one on me and i think it needs to stay that way uh, no, i'm, I'm gonna a serious guy over in the back we're getting you a fucking camera all right it's gonna be a real shitty camera but i'm gonna get you one okay <laughs> but uh it's awesome, dude. Like I go over there with a fucking big old duffel bag worth of three cameras, um, three sets of lights. Describe it. It's like $2,000, $3,000 worth of equipment. 
yeah, big old duffel bag. And I set it up in a matter of 10 minutes and the girls now know how to like help me and, and, and how to keep the cords organized and what tripod needs to go where. And we get it done like 10 minutes, put on a full on podcast studio in Sid K's apartment and, and then produce magic for an, an hour and a half. And I'm just sitting there, you know, I'm, I get to be Marcus. Like I got no pressure. I got camera angle here, audio check. And, and then I just get to be like, all right, this is, this is it. This is exactly what I wanted. This is the Jimmy Iovine that I need. 100%. I, I got, I'm actually, I set a goal to rewatch the, um, Defiant Defiant documentary on HBO just to like, basically like retune and, and, and get on the same frequency as like what I was already picturing, which was the, the Jimmy Iovine of podcasting, which Jimmy Iovine for anyone that doesn't know is Jimmy Iovine was the guy who helped produce. He was a music producer back in the seventies and was like, when he was like 18, he was just in the studio producing and producing and producing and just going through everybody in Boston. And eventually he came across like Lennon and the Beatles and like all these different people. Like he just kind of found some people that like helped produce and just loved doing that. And then instead of becoming a producer and just like sticking with the record label, he basically went and expanded and was, and went on his own to go find the best town across the country and produce their music. So he ended up finding NWA and Dr. Dre and he ended up finding Eminem, Gwen Stefani, Bush. Like I, you if you watch the Defiant ones on HBO, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you also Google Jimmy Iovine on it, on Google, you'll see that he's a he's part of the Dr. Dre, like the Dre Beats and Apple deal um, that happened a couple of years, like 2014 maybe. But either way, like Andrew and I are taking the same stance, I guess. And again, I got to refresh my mind on the documentary a little bit more. But like what we're doing with Straight Candid and amplifying their voices because you and I are both like, that's a shoe in podcast. We think that's going to absolutely blow up and get more downloads than ours. Like, of course it's going like, and the fact that it did after first episode, you and I are like little high five, like, yep, did exactly what we thought it would. Where do we go from here? You know, like it ain't a big deal to us. Like I knew we were going to get more downloads on the first podcast than we ever were. Like I just genuinely was like, yep. Based on the four years of experience, like that's going to happen. Um, so we're at the level of expectation we are with them. And I think it's just going to continue to grow, but like, where do we go now? Like, what's the next podcast? Who's the next person we can record with? Um, what's the next experience even that we can deliver? And I think, uh, I think we're on the right track. And I think with that lens and with our ability now, we have a much different, unique and interesting pitch to people nowadays. Agreed. We're doing it in a market that we really have no business being in. I uh, don't say that. What, what, what market, what market and business do we not have business being in? It's two white knucklehead guys. They're going into the chick market, but I, I, I guess that doesn't make sense. I think you're no, right. No, 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 no. Well, what do you mean? Like we, but the reason why they are, are, are also successful is we could never reach those people. So like this podcast doesn't like, the overlap's there, but it's not like they're saying what we're saying. No, that's no, we say dumb shit. You and right. I say dumb shit, and that's it. And like they, they say other things, and it were and like more people, it reaches way more people. Like 
Like, there's only like so many white guy podcasters that like say good things. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, like it's saturated with our with the with market of just like guys who say things on radio and podcasting. But I'm like, girls say way more things than us like yeah. way more better things than us and that's but that's the like that's what we're doing like we did it for so long and still do it and we'll continue to do it but like if we're going for numbers it ain't us it ain't us it ain't us i mean it would take us 20 years and we're gonna do it for 20 years and by and and someday andrew someday someday someone's gonna come to us and be like dude, I want to, you guys reach so many people. I want to sponsor you. Like we're going to get that with so many of the other podcasts that we produce far before we get that with our own fucking podcast. Right. Right. And I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that we know, we know that that is no, there's no, uh, like that's just written in the Bible that is on a tombstone. And it's not because we're not entertaining. It's not because we don't care. It's not because we're not passionate about it. Like we, we got that all figured out. You know, we, we've been doing this for so long. Like we don't care about the downloads. We've always said that we don't want to be the number one podcast. We've always said that. Like we just want to make sure we got the best product to put out there to people. And we know we have the best, we, like we have a, a cool system to like amplify. We and now we can just do that with people where it like works. We're like, okay, we have, all these really good looking girls on the podcast who have really something to say, and those are our best podcasts. Why not put a podcast together, a separate podcast of something like that. Right. Right. That's, that was the impetus of straight candid. And they also happen to be like our best friends and we work well with them, but like, we're only going to find the formula for that going forward on other things like the date night podcast and the other types of spins that we're putting on it. Like we have a grasp on what we want to do. And I'm just fucking stoked about that. I'm very stoked as well. And people forget that back pocket first year and a half of our existence. We didn't, we never tracked downloads. Our current downloads aren't our true amount of downloads that we've had as a, as a corp. We're missing a year and a half to the wayside. Hell, one of those podcasts could be, you know, could have more listens than. Uh, Look, our first podcast could. We don't know that. Our first podcast could have had ten thousand downloads, but we don't know. And we have no idea. We have absolutely no clue. Odds are, I'd say no. I, I'm, a, I'm a betting man, and I'd bet no. Yeah, I would bet less. I would bet the under on ten thousand. Yeah, I'd take the under. But uh, yeah, man, that's straight candid. It comes out every Thursday. I'm stoked to be a part of it and uh get and amplify their voices some other big changes i think the back pockets made so we touched on decky going to tempe straight candy getting produced other big changes andrew's pushing down the path of bald baldhood i'm follically challenged as people say and uh i'm really joining i'm joining the uh the the buzz cut train right now so how do you feel i feel really good I feel tight. I feel aerodynamic, but mainly I wake up and I no longer see hair on my pillowcase. And that makes me feel good. Right on. I mean, you look elite. 
you look like you could spearhead like if you were to headbutt someone like they'd be bleeding after like you'd be like you're sharp you you could leave a mark yeah um you feel strong yeah you you just got like a good head on you like did everyone ever tell you that like you got a good skull (laughs) no uh some people say uh some people say i I have a good skull. yeah you, you got a great skull, man. I mean, that thing is round. It's nice looking. Like, it ain't pointy. Like, if I were to shave my head, dude, I got like a pinhead. I look like Patrick from SpongeBob. Right. And, I mean, you could tell that uh, it's, it's, it's dangerously thin there, right in the front. Yeah, yeah. I think if it exposes anything, like, it looks like you're – You've been you have the widow's peak like to the the nth degree. Like if you were to have like a like a uh, like a children's book or like a like if if people were gonna be learning about hair in middle school and they had like a little book that they had to buy for the class, like widow's peak and an example of it, your hair would be like right on it. Like yeah, oh, this, not, is, this yeah. is a fucking peak. You're not to the you're not to the island patch like right on top of your head, but you're getting there. But I think it begs the question, like, I mean, if you're going to go buzzed like this, like, how close are you going to be coming bald? I think I still got a couple years in me. I really do. I think this buzz cut look is strong. It's, I got, I'm going uh, to slowly play around with it because right now it's at a three. It grows to, like, a four by the end of the week. So that means I'm probably going to need to get a haircut, like, almost every week if it's, if, uh, to keep it, like, a, at a tight base. So I'm going to play around with it, give it the end of the year. So that's what, six, seven weeks. And uh, maybe 2021 is the time to go like tight look bald. The issue with going bald deck that I am very hesitant on is that the hair on the side of my head is going to grow back violently fast. So if I go bald, I'm going to have hair on the side of my head by Tuesday. You know, if I go bald on a Sunday, I'm going to have hair on the side of my head that's like pretty thick by Tuesday. Do I need to shave every day? That sounds exhausting. Wait, so what is it like being like bald like in 10 years? Like, does it not grow back at some point or what? Um, well, some people are, are like going bald. Yeah, like they don't have hair on the side of their heads. And my dad still has hair on the side of his heads. He just goes and gets a, a half a cut, like shaved on the side of his head. So it looks like there's no hair there. Um. Okay. That doesn't sound like very, I don't want to be like the hair on the side of the heads guy. No, no, I don't think that's the way to do it. I would look into like, is there any way you can like put some, just like rub your head with some cream and it just like prevents hair from growing? Is that a possibility? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's probably a possibility. Well, look into that because right. if that's your only, if that's like your only shtick, because like I, I do firmly support like you not going bald because of that process time suck yeah no that's just that's a shit time suck like you gotta brush your teeth and shave the side of your head every day fuck that you know like i don't want to do that um because like quite honestly like i i think you'd just be a badass just going like straight bald like just do it like now you have your head shaved like you're telling me like head shaved next three to four years like the three to four years of you telling telling me your head's gonna be shaved is has nothing to do with your hair just has everything to do with your time suck. And like, you're telling me you're just going to like go head shaved and just like wear your hat. Like you are the rest next four years. Like, cool. That's you. I get it. But like, 
like where like my question was gonna be like well if you're gonna go with a head shave like are you gonna ever go out hit the town without a hat on no then shave it but i don't think i'd do it either way i think you would get more comfortable going out with that without a without a hat on bald than if you were uh just like with a number two or number three uh, you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. We're working towards I mean, that. You're, I, I like the shave. It's a, you're working towards, you're working towards where you want to be. You as a bald person is where you're going to be. You might as well, you might as well triple down on it. Might as well get there now is what you're saying. Right. If you're going to be there, get there now. But to your point, don't want the time suck of having to shave my head because my hair's growing like every third day. Like that's a, that sucks. Right. So right. like, that's why I was like, eh, let's do some research on like preventing hair growth. Like I would love to see a product out there that does that. Yeah. I'll do some research. I think, Hey, we do our research here in the back pocket. We don't say that enough. Exactly. Um, so I'm coming back for uh, Halloween we're going to record some podcasts. One of which we were planning on doing the bald podcast. Are you going to be bald for, for Halloween still? Or what are you thinking? No, I think it's going to stay at this length. Okay. All right. Um, so even with that, who should we try and aim to have on while I'm back in town? Who needs to come on the show? And if you're listening to this right, right now and you're like answering wildly, please answer and just like DM us because we need to fill some time. Yeah, we need to have some people on. Well, we'll do the straight candid one. That's a no-brainer. Um, or we can hold off on that a little longer. Don't matter to me. Yeah, I, I mean, we haven't really. This is us talking about it for the first time, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do one with uh, with Matt Heron. I would love, I would love one more Matt Heron podcast. I also want to get like, like Matt Heron, like to me is a must because I love like hit when he's on the podcast and it's like us three, like I have so much fun. I have so much fun with that guy on the show. And I know it doesn't reach a lot of people. It's not like, that's not even a point. I just like have sheer so amplitudes of fun with that guy. So I'd love to have one final podcast with him. Um, but I, I also recognize that we've also had like seven or eight straight podcasts with like strictly guys. So like, I'd love to have a female on. True. So we need to start there probably and start to figure out who we should, I mean, we're going to have straight, we're going to go on the straight Canada podcast and talk about that. I know that's one of them, but like probably one other female I would imagine. Yeah, I need to think off air, dude. You're putting me on the spot. I can't. I'm, I know. I'm I know. I didn't know if you had anything on on, on the spot. It's a good question because it's a need. It's a pressing question. Right. Hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? Let's sleep on it. You know, it doesn't need to be decided now. That but makes just, me think. Um, do we have a timeline on the year 2020? Personally, for finishing out the year of like, when do we stop and give ourselves a break? I'm I'm cool with going podcast a week till the end of the year. Yeah. I yeah I think uh I don't see a need to t to take a break no I don't either um I have some time off from you said the 19th December 19th December 19th to January 5th Fifth. and 
I don't know if that is a suitable time to like, like, I mean, I was going to think about like flying back and like throwing a live show or something to like cap the year off or like throw like a party to throw the year off. But um, we also could just be in a spot where we're already recording week to week to week and like us stopping is not a thing anymore. Cause we had already talked about that too. Like, I'm just like, not taking a J term or not taking off a certain period of time. I don't know. I, I liked the time off, but also it was because like we worked, we grinded so ridiculously hard. Right. We needed it. Yeah. I don't, and you're already kind of bringing it up. Like, I don't know if we need it, do we? I don't need a break. I love, I, I want to stay in this groove. I do too. So, and I also think our own podcast, the back pocket podcast is also like constantly evolving. Like we're, probably going to have to figure out a way to like like live stream episodes at some point like basically what you and I are doing but like bring in one more guest and like make it seem cohesive and um uh collective or just like make it feel like you're in the studio with us you know right so that's all I got to say about diet (laughs) yeah yeah I I mean we're I think we're at the the part of the podcast where we just don't we don't have any answers for our future and we're actively talking about what we want to do <laughs> or what we think we should do. And it's great. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, that whenever it comes to you and I doing a, a recording episode, it's like a business meeting that we think through a little bit more clearly. Yeah, right. Right. Like I sent you a text like, Hey, want to want to talk about uh straight candid me moving to the twin to Arizona and uh, you going bald. And then, like, we talked about all those things after, like, an hour and a half. And now we're like, well, what should we talk about now? Like, do we stop podcasting like we normally do? <laughs> <laughs> do we have any things we need to talk about? Do, do, who, do you need to do content for the week? Probably, I, we each need to pick one piece. Like, that stuff needs to be talked about. But not now. I mean, it, it like, does. But, like, who the shit cares? Right? You know, like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yes, we, god bless i'll say this this weekend was uh one for the books we uh i was able to go to peak health friday morning and uh it was a uh, five you had to get there at 5 a.m for coffee uh and it was like about 15 of us uh guys and mike schwant was there matt waste andy secor Coonsie, um, and then we did an hour's worth of breath work, um, similar to what we did uh, when you and I both went to Breath House, and then we did a cold tub sauna, and getting back in the cold tub really got the energy going. Good. Uh, sitting in there for twenty minutes, and then getting in the sauna, you know, that brought back some good feels, um, and then uh, Friday night, Greg surprise party. His birthday's next week, but Mir wanted to throw a surprise party for him. Banger. Saturday, Coonsy tells me I need to come to the Vikings training uh, center, uh, training camp center to go work out with him. So I show up at 10 a.m. for that. Walk in, Io's there. So I got to see Io, got to throw the football around, use the Vikings equipment. That was sick. Vintage thrift store, got this jean jacket and this Boston hat. But then we did Screamtown and throwback to two years ago, dude, Screamtown haunted houses are so funny. 
if you go with people that are actually like want to buy into like what's going on and you smoke a little bowl, rip a couple shots of fireball, maybe <laughs> throw in an edible here and there. Yeah. You got all the feels going. Walking in there, dude, and getting all spooky. Not enough people are talking about getting spooked. <laughs> getting spooked or having the idea that spooking is coming in the future is like it's it's a it's just thrilling. You like nothing better than getting a little scare going. Getting yeah, get scared, people. And what was funny is like we were scaring each other, right? Because like you you know something's gonna come out over there from like one of their employees, like going to pop out, but you don't know Greg Ebosh is going to be like one step ahead, going to scare you again. And, or like, and Greg's going to grab you. Like the employees can't grab you, but Greg Ebosh is going to, you know, nip your ankles while you're walking past and there's strobe lights and a fog machine and you can't see shit. And it's also 28 degrees and very muddy. So you're fucking cold. It's very muddy. And you're about to get spooked and you're running through a maze in the, in the pitch black at, in the middle of the night. It was, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I remember it just like I went through it. I mean, right. it, it is, it is very scary and Minnesota does the best and Screamtown's phenomenal. And it's only better when your friends can break the rules and scare you even more. Exactly. Dude, I was sitting, I was sitting watching the Broncos chiefs game earlier today. Chiefs absolutely took a dookie on the Broncos. No, uh, I mean, it makes sense, but it was snowing. And I was in Arizona. It's hot. It's like nice and like, it was like 85. And uh, we're all sitting outside poolside watching the game. And all these people are like, oh, I can't, like, I, I can't even fathom what it would be like to be at that Broncos game. I can't even fathom what it would be like to be cold watching that game. And they're even saying that thing for the same thing for the Minnesota game, the Minnesota Michigan game day prior. Oh my God. It looks so cold there. I can't even fathom doing that. And I was like, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but like, it ain't that bad. Like you you get over, it's cold and you, you wear, you wear clothes, you know, but it's just like, it's so interesting how much of a like of a mental advantage that you have when you live in a place where it gets cold right it's it's the best because you you know that you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be fucking cold and you already have an opportunity to fight over some adversity and if you beat that to start your day sure you're already winning we we, uh we went we tried to go to a restaurant uh before scream town we had about a group of 15 and it was packed some COVID protocols. You had to break up the table into, into separate groups. And we were like, that's not going to be very fun. We want to hang out with each other. So what do we do? We go to the super target in Chaska that Maddie C used to work at. We absolutely flood the scenes, grab all the snacks. They had a liquor store in there, grab a bunch of booze, get some food. And we're, we're an hour and a half early to scream town. We just go to the parking lot of scream town, pop open the, uh, the trunk, put on the Minnesota uh, uh, Michigan game on the YouTube TV, blast the volume and sit out in 28 degree weather in the pitch black in a parking lot in the middle of Chaska, Minnesota and, and just pregame scream town and had a, the best time and we we're all fucking freezing, but it didn't matter because we're winning. 
Yeah, I, I think, like, as long as, like, people are, like, cool with it, like, oh, we're going to be cold, but we're, gonna, like, going to drink and we're going to have our coats and stuff, like, you can do it just about anything. Just like the, just like jumping in the cold tub, just like jumping in the lake uh, with Embrace North, like, you can do anything. Like, don't, don't set your mental limit to being cold. And uh, that's what has pissed me off a lot about Arizona so far, is that, like, people are like, oh, I can't wait for it to be 55 degrees and I can put my long sleeve jacket on like I haven't been I have to dust it off in order to like wear it and like I can't believe like people go where it snows like I can't believe that like showing people the video of you and I leading people in chant like in the cold tub in the in the frozen lake like we're in there and just like having a blast singing a song they're like, you're a psychopath. And like, I know we're psychopaths, but I'm also like, I'm mentally more stronger than you always. Always. And it, and that is something I will always keep in my back pocket and something that I can, I cannot wait to share with others in Tempe, in Phoenix, and just like, let them know and bring that culture and like probably fill a couple tubs full of ice and water. And during the winter, I'm going to grab a bunch of people and we're going to jump in together. Undefeated. That's, our, that's what we do. That's what we do. Hey, undefeated in bad weather games. I haven't lost ever when it's cold. But I'm also, like, I'm also saying like, hey, hey, Andrew. Hey, buddy. When you're getting a little tough, when it gets a little cold and you're like, fuck this, you're about 120 bucks away from a flight down to Phoenix. You and I can live a nice 80 degree weather, play around the golf, and you'll forget about the whole thing. Just let me know. Amen to that, dude. Back pocket has now 2X'd geographically. We're ready to launch. I have no idea what's to come, but I cannot wait. We love you guys. Dick care. <laughs> Take care. Take care. <laughs> uh, that was great, dude. I'm trying to figure out. I gotta like. I haven't done enough information. Like. Uh... Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah. We're in trouble. Wrote a pop song, tried to pop off, but I think we popped the bubble. And we run around, but now I know it's tired of the nonsense. All the things we can't control. Really, really messes with the healthy mindset. Are we there yet? Or is this just how it goes? So you wanna play the pop games, and you never, never will change, but I don't Triple coverage Had it mapped out But you spaced out Man, you didn't see it coming 